0: Welcome back, everybody. My name is Heavy Ham, your host of the Hamcast. This is episode 19. Can you believe it? Episode 19. Holy shit, time has fallen. Well, I was looking back at all of my episodes, and I realized that in one of my very first episodes, I did a breakdown of... well, a really rough breakdown, really... Of the species or subspecies of Bigfoot. I wanted to redo that episode. So I'm doing that now. So. Here we go. And before hearing the seminar that was given by Matt of Matt Squatch. He's got an amazing YouTube channel. Um. I was categorizing all the Bigfoot reports and sightings and what I knew of Bigfoot. I was categorizing all of the all the intel and information I had by area, aggressiveness, and size. It wasn't until I stumbled upon his seminar that was being covered by UAMN, which is also a... U- is also a YouTube channel that he helped break it down into a Mm. pardon me a more specific categorization Um, and that's where this uh, list comes from so I want to give a great big Thank you to both UAMN for airing the seminar and Matt from Matt Squatch for putting it together, taking the painstaking process of putting it together and helping me uh, come up with a more solid way of categorizing everything. So, now there are 10 subspecies, um, and then there's an additional category, but to really get down into the nitty gritty of everything, I think we can't just start at number one, we have to start at number six, because in order to fully understand how this all begins, we have to start here so I'm just gonna jump ahead we're gonna go straight to number six and these are the mountain giants or the district managers as I've heard people refer to them In older times and lore we would hear these referred to as the Nephilim or the Anunnaki um, these are believed to be the rulers over the rest of the nine species Now, I suspect these to be the original genetic marker for the Bigfoot of the world. Um, Culture all throughout history speaks of humans making offerings to the gods that lived high high upon a mountain or dwelled within caves. I believe that they were recounting their interactions with these mountain giants. At one point in time, the offerings were sufficed by that of animal flesh. And then the stories came, took a very dark turn where the people making the offerings were not heard from. And then the culture norm became okay with making human offerings to these gods on high or these gods within caves and so that you know it's not like the theory is just grasping the straws it is based upon historical fact and uh theory One of the most common, one of the most uh, relevant modern day times of the uh, modern day documented cases of this would be the giant of Kandahar. Um, you guys can actually look this up. It's actually still, it hasn't been taken down, so it's still. Pretty fresh in the search engine, it's still p- pretty um, accurate, it's still pretty out there. Um, and if you have any active people in the service, um, chances are they've heard of the giant Kandahar just from rubbing shoulders with people that have been over there, or even if they've ser- been in that area around the time frame of the Kandahar Incident. Chances are they've either seen it or they've heard of the incident. So there's that. Now, moving on, we will jump right back up to the top of the list. Of course, everybody know when they think Bigfoot, they think First thought that comes to mind is the Patty Gimlin film. I mean that's the most notorious, the most infamous of all the Bigfoots. Patty Gimlin film. And anybody who has who's heard of, even if you haven't heard of a whole lot of Bigfoot, you've you've somewhat, you've seen or you've caught a glimmer of the Patty Gimlin film. So that's why we've nicknamed the very first type of bigfoot the patty type now this type of this type of bigfoot we're talking bulky they get up to they can get up to nine feet generally they say in the seven and a half eight foot range we have seen them get to be nine feet tall um bear, we're talking barrel chested generally for the most part shy in nature um you know they're very bulky now that's just because i'm saying they're generally shy does not mean you know try to approach these Be try to approach these creatures um you know just because somebody is shy if you're gonna go up and try to approach or threaten them they're instantly gonna go from shy to confrontational anybody's gonna go from shy to confrontational if you're gonna threaten them so there's where that line is drawn put something in a corner and threaten it or meet you know show that you mean harm to its offspring and all bets are off now I am gonna bounce around this list a little bit because that was one that's the first type I'm just gonna get down here a little bit know what I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bounce around it we're just gonna go straight down now now we have the wood booger and this I that's a really funny name wood booger <laughs> I don't know who coined this name I I've tried finding out where the name came from if wood booger was a name that was coined um, later on if it had another name I I keep hitting wall after wall when it comes to that name. Um, it was a funny question that was actually posed after I did the last episode. Do I, and this is the question that was asked, do I think Wood Booger um, could possibly be what triggered this legends of the the Boogeyman? I don't know um i never got around to looking into that and honestly i just barely got the question while i was putting this new episode together i will look into that and we'll put that episode together at a later date so the wood booger they're limber very aggressive and are known to travel through the trees in large groups now that's not to say that um, these other Bigfoot aren't known to travel in groups. That's just to say that the Wood Booger is known to travel in abnormally larger groups. Okay? Generally, Sasquatch are, when they're seen, they're seen usually only as one, as an individual, or as two or three so you know you only see like small groups of them whenever there's whenever you have a wood burger sighting there's always a huge ruckus there's a lot of chaos and there's always a mess of trees like a a huge group of trees that would explain like we're talking seven to ten of these large aggressive primates being up in the trees making this kind of noise and the purpose of this would be to intimidate and draw the humans away from that area, make sure that they know that they're not welcome there. That type of behavior is typical um, in other primates. and especially chimpanzees. Chimpanzees do that. They group, get up in, together in large groups, in large groups like that, and they'll shake the trees, and they'll make a lot of ruckus to make themselves appear like a dominant force. So whatever is down on the ground will flee. Um, and don't get me wrong, chimpanzees can, are really vi- can be really vicious and can really do some serious harm. These things, the wood boogers, can be a hundred times more vicious than that because we're talking about something that is upwards of seven and a half feet, looks like, has the, the body structure of a chimpanzee, okay, and able to get up in those trees and do and mimic that behavior. So, you got to be careful. One of the most scariest, okay, and I say that I have to tell you guys that they're not all cuddly and soft and want to rock you to sleep or help you out of a car because a lot of people think that they are and there's a lot of people on on the side of we have to protect them we can't shoot them we can't um you know we have to nurture them we need to just leave them alone on the other hand we have a lot of people out there saying that we just need to kill them all I'm right here in the center saying, you know, they're not all, they're not all aggressive, but they're not all, they're not all shy. On the other hand, why are the ones that are aggressive as aggressive as they are? You know what I'm saying? And we'll get into that later on in this episode, the Gugwe, or as it's also known, the Face-Eater. There is another name that has been commonly known as, and that is the Bear-Man. I apologize for the uh, sound in the background before I continue. I'm sitting at one of my favorite nature spots. It's right next to a small waterfall and a river I figured it was best to do this outdoors but it's also next to a wooden bridge and apparently people thought it especially nice to come and enjoy the same scenery that I was enjoying so again forgive the background noise but it is uh, beautiful spring day out today and I'm going to take the best make the most of it so the Gugwe has been called the Bear Man and the reason it's been called the Bear Man in the past or in some areas is because unlike all of its counterparts I'm not even gonna say most and unlike all of its counterparts This one Bigfoot does not have a pressed against snout. Does not have a pressed against nose. See, most of the Big Bigfoot, most of the species of Bigfoot, their nose is flat, or at least more pressed against their face than you would. You know, it's like a gorilla's nose. This has a protruding snout, almost like a bear, okay? Not, not quite like a dogman, it's more like a bear. And the ears are more pronounced. Still walks bipedal. Now, the other really interesting thing about the Gugui is, well, for one, It is known as the Face Eater and quite literally it will eat your face but it doesn't have hair everywhere like the normal Bigfoot so it literally has hair in strategic places like hair for shoulder pads, hair around the chest or pectoral areas. It literally looks as if it's a linebacker wearing Uh, fur-like shoulder suit. Now, if you've had an encounter with one of these types of Bigfoot, you would know. Uh, One, they're highly aggressive. They're very territorial. And they're larger than your typical Bigfoot. They start at nine feet, and they go up. They go up from there. Um, they're not your typical Bigfoot in that sense. Like I said already, with the protruding snout, they also are generally seen around corpses. So for some reason, they're fascinated with um, graveyards. There have been a few reports of um, just making up a name here, where Betty Sue would call and say, "Help! I saw Bigfoot down by the by the cemetery. I think he was digging up a corpse." Well, yeah, you probably did, but it wasn't a Patty-type Bigfoot. This was a gugwe. It's looking for its next meal and um because it wants to feed on it wants to feed on human and typically bears aren't that intimidated by a bigfoot okay they're not um in tradition they will just coexist but when a bear flees the area and when a Bigfoot enters, that's when you know you have a very serious threat on your hands. Because this type of Bigfoot is a killer of bears. It actually intimidates and kills off bears. It's actually, there have have been a couple of reports of this type of Bigfoot wearing the bare skin bare skin a couple of times inadvertently I may have um, inadvertently I know a couple of people that have given it the nickname Skinwalker and I think that's a like gross uh, gross misuse of that word I think the Skinwalker is something completely different. So moving on. We will cover Skinwalker at a a later date. I think I've done a rough episode on the Skinwalker. I'll have to look. But I am still researching the Skinwalker and stories from skinwalker ranch so don't think that just because i've done an episode on something that's where i'm going to leave it okay um skinwalkers still fascinate me and i think that there's a lot more to it i do not by however means think that the guggly is the skinwalker and i don't think that everything from native american folklore can be explained away by simply blaming it on a bigfoot so there you go now we have our type four uh bigfoot which is neanderthal type this is a lot like your type one the patty type with a couple of major differences um where your type one has more hair around the face and is traditionally more shy. This one looks more human in the face, so the hair is removed and is uh, sorry, that really caught me off guard. So the hair is more removed, it looks more human. And is incredibly more aggressive. My theory on this is perhaps the Neanderthal one is more aggressive because of its interaction with the military and this theory stems from listening to all the whistleblowing from the from the accounts of people in the military saying yeah we went into this cave and we had to kill off uh, a family of Sasquatch but we took one with us to do so and then we went to this other cave and he brought out a couple to take with us then we had to go in and kill off the rest and they were never seen and we never saw them again we were told to forget everything that happened But then the government deniability is like, oh, well, yeah, we don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? That never happened. Or and so you have to wonder, okay, well, if this guy's telling the truth, and which we know the giant Kandahar incident happened. I know for a fact that happened. Um, then we have to assume that some of these other stories happened could these Neanderthal these Neanderthal type be Bigfoot that they attempted to domesticate failed at it horribly and then re-released into the wild and now they're just so aggressive towards anybody that tries to come in contact with them just a theory just a theory okay now we get down to the type to the fifth type this is the yeti the polar bear version of the Gugli probably one of my most favorite because it has another name it's known as the abominable snowman resides in frozen high altitude areas where the human interaction is at a bare minimum only comes down when it absolutely has to hunt or feed so basically it comes down when it really absolutely has to okay when there's absolutely no more food source up where it can get to it it'll come down to feed it is highly aggressive and territorial obviously it's used to seclusion and as of modern times it has been nicknamed or mistakenly given the name the Wendigo I have a theory on this one too I think it's been mistakenly given the name Wendigo due to the fact that there have been snow elk bones or skull bones found around the site of some of these reported sightings and researchers are seeing this putting two and two together because wendigo is supposed to be white in color and wear the mask of a skull of a giant mammal so they're just naturally putting two and two together instead of just taking it for what it is a sheer coincidence that this is where it last fed and not taking into consideration the fact that the wendigo is something all within itself different and maybe more fierce than the the Yeti moving on we've already talked about number six which was the mountain giants that was our first entry into this episode we'll move on down to the skunk ape now the skunk ape this is an interesting topic, because the Scrim Cape, all of our entries, all of our species into this uh, cryptid episode emit an odor, what it, you know, but I think that it's something they have to secrete, because it's not something that you just smell, I think they have to excrete it, okay, so... I think they literally have to excrete the odor. You get what I'm saying? I think it's something, a gland that they have that's extra, that, kind of like a protective thing. They can excrete the odor to let you know that, hey, I'm here. This, this kunk ape, as its name suggests, foul odor is very much its game. This thing, all the. Will it, its foul odor is bumped up to 20? Okay, but unlike the wood booger who resembles that that of the bodybuilding chimp, or the bulk of the rest of species that resemble that of a gorilla, this species resembles an orangutan. All right, and that's very, very unique and crazy, crazy, incredible. To the fact that we could be dealing with some kind of—I don't know. Like I hate—I hate to use the word. Um, I hate to use this kind of analogy, but I'm sure at some point you guys have all seen the movie um, *Planet of the Apes*. But that's kind of what this gives me the feel of. So we've got gorillas, or Bigfoot that resemble gorillas. We've got Bigfoot that resemble chimpanzees. And then we got a Bigfoot that resembles an orangutan. I've even seen firsthand the video of a Bigfoot. How many of you guys have seen, oh, what is that David Bowie movie? Um. The Labyrinth. How many of you guys have seen The Labyrinth? Okay. Remember the big red-haired horned dude? The... That dude? I saw a video of a Bigfoot that looked just like that guy. He had his hair pulled into a ponytail in front and pulled into a ponytail at the head. I'm not even kidding. So, if they're able to pull their hair up and this dude looked just like the guy from Labyrinth, who saw that Bigfoot back then to give the idea to Jim Henson or did Jim Henson? Witness a Bigfoot before coming up with the idea for his puppet. Kind of makes you wonder. Moving on, Devil Monkey and the Chupacabra. Now, these two are kind of interesting. I did, however, lump in here the Jersey Devil. However, I did disprove the Jersey Devil a little bit. There is theory that the Jersey Devil may actually be something. Here in a second, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to post it to my Hamcast page because I just saw something that happened to be really interesting while I was sitting here. But we'll get to that in a second. I'll put it at the end of this podcast. Anyway, so the Jersey Devil, rather, was more of a political ploy between two writers. One of them, you guys probably know, he's rather famous and was a politician. Uh, Ben Franklin it was more of a political, religious kind of pull back and forth between Daniel Leeds and Ben Franklin for some kind of stuff however that does not mean the Jersey Devil is not necessarily a real thing based off of actual bits and pieces of the two we're going to talk about chupacabra and the devil monkey so the devil monkey and the chupacabra the devil monkey has the appearance of hybrid of a dog and a baboon more baboon than dog however it does behave like a dog it looks more of a baboon it's very quick and territorial but it's also rather very curious species meaning that it is rather trying to get attention and see what's going on and i believe its actions are being misinterpreted also it could be used as a companion for the bigfoot in many cases i've heard some i've heard the people say that bigfoot appears to have some kind of dog some sort of four-foot creature standing next to him I've even been watching infrared videos where it appears the Bigfoot calls or sends a Bigfoot, or sorry, a quadruped out into the woods to do something for him. So I don't doubt that, uh, I don't doubt that Bigfoot would need a companion, or that he would be using a companion. Chupacabra. Chupacabra um, very much could be um, could be the Spanish name for this very same creature. Uh, could be a, misinter- a misidentification as far as what they're seeing, but I believe that it very well could be the same creature moving on down to number nine we have the grass man now the grass man that name was given to this particular spe- species of bigfoot because it lives in ohio it eats off of wheat grass which as we all know as we all know down in ohio is used in a lot of cereal um it also was given to this specific tile stipe uh, sorry specific style of Bigfoot because it likes to hide in the tall grasses down there in Ohio. Um, however, this particular style of Bigfoot looks more feral human than it does Bigfoot. Now here's where it gets interesting. You wouldn't think that this would enter into the species of Bigfoot because like I said it's more feral human than it is Bigfoot. But one might also argue that this could simply be This could simply be a type 4 who traversed the terrain to get to Ohio and settled down and just got more angry the more they lost their hair. So then, there's also the possibility that we're dealing with a completely different species, since their tribal behavior is known to be completely different than the type four. One of my favorite species is the pukwudgie also known as the Little People of the Woods, the Wood Nymph, Gnome, or Fairy are also some of the popular word, phrases, or names that they go by. Now, this one's pretty interesting, and I want you guys to really pay attention close to this one because they're associated with sweet smells. And what I say by sweet smells, a lot of people are like, oh, well, if you're out in the woods, you're gonna smell sweet smells, especially if there's flowers. Yes. If there's flowers but I'm talking about if you're out there in the woods and there's nothing but leaves and trees or dead branches and you smell that sweet flowery sugary smell where there shouldn't be probably gonna be there's a Pukwudgie around now this is also true if you're out in the middle of the desert or out in the middle of nothing but rocks and you smell flowers where there shouldn't be, there should be there's a around. This has happened to many people. This has been reported on many occasions. This has happened to me on many, many occasions. I always get the smell of sweet flowers where I can't explain it. I can't just simply just write it off and explain it away. Okay. There's another... There's a lot of traits that these wood nymphs or little people of the woods are associated with that the big people of the woods get blamed for and I'm about to list them off just, just pay attention these little guys are able to move boulders with ease even though they only get to be one to three feet tall some of them even smaller than that. Some of them have been known to be no bigger than a couple of inches. They're able to move boulders with ease. I do believe that they are responsible for most of the ground symbols we find when we're out there in the field doing research. They're known as the tree peekers. In many cultures. They have been associated throughout history with playing tricks such as stone throwing and stick breaking to lure humans away from their larger predecessors or counterparts if you will. Another fun fact is that they have the ability to help farmers that respect them and the ability to shift into predators to cause harm to those that don't pretty interesting, right? Dogman. Now, although Dogman is not typically is not technically a Bigfoot, I do feel it's worth mentioning as most structures the dogman leave are often guised in Bigfoot areas. This could be due to the theory that dogman is here to claim the body of fallen Bigfoot. As every encounter with them has them wrapping their claw around the tree, which in ancient lore is the symbol of life. And the jackal is a soldier of Anubis, Lord of the Duat. Duat, everybody, is Egyptian for underworld. Okay. What Anubis would do is he would collect the bo- he would have the body he would have the soul taken down to the Duat and weigh their hearts and from there decide where you went I do find it very interesting let's go through my notes make sure I talked about everything real quick there's there's no doubt in my mind at least That all these cryptids are intertwined working as a larger unit to stay hidden from us although a very few get a peek behind the curtain of that world when you do if you're lucky enough you will realize it's more than just magical it's mesmerizing what you do with the knowledge you find behind that curtain will be completely your call If you get the opportunity to stay behind that curtain and live within that world, I hope you make a wise choice. I hope, I hope you take the chance to really enjoy what you're seeing when you get a peek behind The curtain that is the realm of the cryptids. This has been another episode of the Hamcast. And before I sign off, I just want to take a second to admire my surroundings. Like I told you guys, I happen to be sitting here. Amidst a small waterfall, a river, out in nature. I looked up. And, as luck would have it, there is a branch from one tree interjecting with another tree, making a perfect X. I'm going to take a picture of it, because quite honestly, in all the spots I could have chose in this huge area... And this is a pretty big part. This is Leighton, Leighton Park. I chose the one spot that had an X structure, but not just an X structure, one that was made from nature. I do have a few questions I wanna leave you guys with. Which cryptid is your favorite? What one just gets you going? Is it one from our list? And if not, that's great. Is it one completely different? Do you have any theories you want to share with us? Email me your answers at heavyhamusa at gmail.com. Next week's agenda we will be reading through a few interesting cases of various sightings from around the world. You can find the picture of this X from the spot that I'm sitting on my my Facebook page Hamcast. Simply go to your Facebook search bar and type in Hamcast you'll find me. And our glorious X. It's as if nature intended me to be here today. As always, I'm Heavy Ham. We ain't afraid to get dirty. See you next week.